What's happening, everybody? On today's show, more on the latest with Lane Kiffin. Where is he going? Is he staying at Ole Miss? Is he going to Auburn? We'll talk all about it with our buddy Chris Marler from the College Football Uncensored Podcast, and we'll get you ready for Rivalry Week in the SEC. Tons of great matchups happening this weekend. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, what's happening, everybody? Welcome to Locked on SEC. It's great to have you guys along. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked on SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at lockedonsec.com. All right, let's jump into it. Plenty to discuss. We welcome in our buddy Chris Marler from the College Football uh, Uncensored Podcast. Marler, how are you on this Thanksgiving week? I'm good, man. I'm actually at home with my family uh, at my mom's house. Um, she's a pastor, but she is big into scotch. I tell you what, the best part about coming home, always, 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 besides the unconditional love or whatever, um, <laughs> is the snacks. Like, my, my parents just have just a better – they just have so many more snacks than I have. They're just like – any kind of any kind of like pregnant craving I could ever imagine would be covered at this house, and I and I love it. I love it for that. Like what kind of snack? I mean, like, man, like last night I was like knee deep into like a bottle of twelve year Balvini and uh, mesquite barbecue chips. Oh, just listen to Twitter. Just listen to Twitter Spaces about the Auburn head coaching search, <laughs> um, and it was the happiest I've been in forever. It was fantastic. It was it was just it was perfect, like a pig and slop. Well, let's start there because to rewind a little bit, we saw Ole Miss absolutely just have one of the worst performances of the season at yeah. Arkansas this past weekend. And there's been a lot of talk on was Lane Kiffin not focused because he's flirting with Auburn or he's already yeah. decided to move on. And then we get a report the other night that he is indeed going to leave Auburn or leave Ole Miss for Auburn and that he'll announce on Friday after the Egg Bowl that he's going to step down. Granted, it's coming from a, a TV reporter. You never know on these court kind of things. I always say if it's not coming from, you know, Pete Thamel or Brett McMurphy or anybody with that blue check mark that didn't pay for Chris it. Marler. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, like, I don't know if I trust it. So, it yeah. is what it is. Lane had some fun on social media, but where are we? Like, is Lane really leaving for Auburn? Yes, a thousand percent. I said this last <laughs> week on our podcast. I was like, they're going to lose to Arkansas. And he's gonna he's gonna announce afterwards that he's going to Ole Miss. Like exp explain to me this. First off, not enough has been made about the fact that that game had three two hundred yard rushers, three. Like well, some of them came like, in, it came in garbage time, right? I mean, Rocket Sanders cool. was killing it. Quinshawn and Zach Evans came in garbage right. time. Um, but like the fact that that was happening is still I think says a lot. And so, um, regardless uh, of that. Yeah, he's gone. He's a thousand percent gone. And and like I don't think oh, Jesus Lane, look at the pain behind those eyes. If you're not watching this during the actual like like the YouTube presentation, you, you just you need to. And we say it every week because I get so distracted because of my ADD and also the great pictures you throw up there. But the fact that that he is he he has gone into that game 
And you said it was the worst performance of the season. I would argue it's probably the worst performance of his entire career at Ole Miss. Like, wow. his entire tenure at Ole Miss. I mean, like, what other game did they look worse in? I mean, like, you could say the Bama game last year where they came in and were completely overmatched and were down 28 nothing at the half. But at the same time, I mean, you were down 42-6 to to Arkansas. 42-6. to And I know the final score was 42-27. That's great. He scored three fourth-quarter touchdowns. It didn't matter at all. Um I just I, I think that, that it speaks volumes as to where the 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 mind is uh, or mindset of the team is. But here's the other, here's the other thing too, the the fact that like you you kind of like just glossed over it and, and people laugh at me about this about like how you know Twitter is um, is not real life and a lot of reasons a lot of times it's not. But in situations like this, I do think this is where you find breaking news and I do think that like I, I know this person anybody ever since Elon Musk took it over. Anybody can have a blue check mark and all that kind of stuff, and it's it's a weird thing. And Elon, but like, listen, if Elon's watching this, like I know he does weekly, I'm going to be upset if you ruin Twitter, and strictly because of the theater that happened last night, because of this entire thing unfolding. The guy that broke the news, right? That John Solikin or whatever his name was, so- that, Sokolov, Sokolov, Sokolov. Yeah, it's a totally made up name, or he's Polish. <laughs> One of the two. It can't be both. <laughs> Um, my favorite is he had like 2000 followers and now he's like almost, he's like almost to 5,000 now. So he's, he's doing well. He's also the guy that broke the news of Cohen Cohen leaving Mississippi state to go there. He's he's the first one that broke that. I, I still say, and then like, like there's a reason why they look so bad last week. And then you start seeing all the tweets that come out of it. And Ole Miss fans defending him because Ole Miss fans have a point, man. Like, like they really do have a point where it's like, We've ponied up the money. We've given you the extension. We've given you everything you've asked for. We bumped up all of our money and support for the NIL system. All of these things that you wanted in place, the Grove Collective or whatever it's called, like like we've we've ponied up all of the stuff on our end. Why haven't you shown commitment? And they deserve to have that kind of commitment. If you've shown that much of a commitment to him, you deserve to have some of that back. And the fact that they haven't done that says a lot about Kiffin, I think, as a person, for one. And two, then you start seeing stuff like Jackson Dart's dad liking all these tweets from from Ole Miss fans like why would he even like I know all this seems kind of crazy if you're not on social media if you think Twitter is is, is kind of stupid because it is that all sounds like it's you know it's it's here saying whatever this is how news is broken a lot of times nowadays and I think that there's why the hell would Jackson's arch dad be on on Twitter liking these tweets if there wasn't some fire to all the smoke okay let me ask you this Marler because I've been getting this from a lot of people on the outside is Auburn that much of a better job than Ole Miss. We've talked about the old the NIL collective, and that's a big part of it. Auburn is willing to give him more money, presumably, although Ole Miss was willing to give him, you know, make him one of the highest paid coaches in the country. Like, is it is jumping some, some most people see it as a lateral move? Why is Auburn right. a much better, a bigger upgrade than Ole Miss? It's not. And you can't ask me that question on rivalry week. You can't ask me that. <laughs> as like a as a born Bama fan, it's an unfair question for you to ask me. But I'll tell you the reason why, and it's it's very, very simple. The main reason why this is the only reason, honestly, in my opinion, this is even happening is the fact that Lane Kiffin and 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 the the state of Mississippi, there's some rule in place where it's like you can only have. But I, I sound ignorant for saying this because I, I haven't looked up the rule. I don't live in Mississippi. I'm not ever going to live in Mississippi. So it'll never affect me. OK, I love the gas station chicken. I don't like the politics. I'm never going to move that place. Well, but, you could. Yeah, I mean, we don't know. We, yeah. we can't see in the future. But yes, yeah, true. But at the same time. You cannot have a job there for more than four years or whatever. I, I know I sound like an ignorant fool right now, like trying to trying to say this is he's not legally allowed to to sign a contract for more than four years. So if they pony up the, the money at nine and a half million dollars, 
You're talking about $38 million. Auburn will give him a 10-year contract at over $10 million a year. And in the big scheme of things, in the big scheme of things, and this is Auburn we're talking about, right? What is the buyout on that at the end? What's the buyout on that versus the buyout against, against like, at, at Ole Miss? If, he, if, if someone else, if, if he got fired. Yeah, I don't know. It would be it would be tens of millions of dollars more, and so he's going to go to Auburn because there's not that stipulation in place from the state that's really holding back the University of Mississippi and being able to find and hire like stable candidates. And here's the other thing too: what number would you have to go to, like in terms of wins per season, to even want to fire Link Kiffin if you are Ole Miss? Because that's a program that's been delving in mediocrity for years and years and years. I don't care about 2015. I know that Hugh Freeze had you had know, these like blips on the radar, but Ole Miss is a lot like South Carolina. For the most part, it's a pretty, pretty, I don't know, middle of the road program that had some some like spikes that were that were positive and in the early 2010s. Why would he not go to Auburn? Here's what I look at, Marler. Um SEC appear SEC championship game appearances. Auburn, six. Yeah. Ole Miss. Zero. Kentucky, Ole Miss, and AM and Vanderbilt have never played for an SEC championship game. What does Lane want to do? He wants to win a title. He wants to get to a yeah. national championship, and that is super hard at Ole Miss. It just is. I mean, he's had two of the best seasons ever at Ole Miss these last two years, and yeah. it's this is the ceiling, it feels like. It feels like it is very it, – it's just impossible to get over that hump, beat Bama and Saban, beat LSU and Brian Kelly, beat – you know, Lee Chibis, beat beat all these great coaches in the SEC West and get to it. Just get to Atlanta. Then you got to beat the team we're playing in Atlanta, which right. is probably Kirby Smart in Georgia more often than not, and then get to a playoff. It's just your path to a championship. The last two coaches at Auburn prior to Brian Harson have done it. They've gotten to a championship. I think that's what Lane's looking at. You know, it's scary to think about. Do you like? Let me ask you this: Do you think that Lane Kiffin really cares about championships? I think he wants to win one. He's a competitor. Right. I think he wants to get to one, yes. I agree with that. I think I think he's a competitor, and, and all coaches want to win. So I know that sounds kind of weird. At the same time, I think his pettiness, I think his pettiness of wanting to do certain things at a certain place, I think, like, I don't think he's making this move because he wants to go beat Saban at Auburn. But I will say this. It says a lot. It says a lot about the program of Auburn and Ole Miss that it is a foregone conclusion. It's true. You're right. If you go to Auburn, it's an easier road to get to the SEC championship, just the SEC championship, than it is at Ole Miss. And that's a schedule where you play Georgia and Alabama every single year. Like, what does that say about the Ole Miss program? For, for now. We'll see how everything right. changes yeah. up with uh, with conference expansion and all that. But it's crazy. We'll see. I mean, I, I will say, ha- if you're Auburn, have your contingency plans ready because this dude is such yeah. a wild card. We could come out on Friday and find out – he is exciting an extension with Ole Miss, and now you're on to Hugh Freeze, maybe Cadillac. Look, if Cadillac beats Bama this Saturday, you really, <laughs> you really got to consider him, right? You yes, but they're not going to. And, and I don't listen. I love the story. I don't think Cadillac is ready for that moment by any means. Because because here's the thing: we talked about this on this on this episode or on on this podcast like an episode or two ago. This is a very big hire for Auburn for a lot of reasons. One of the reasons why it is is because. Saban doesn't have that many years left. And if, if they continue to go 10 and 2, 9 and 3 type thing, the three, three lock, like, you know, lost seasons, they're not going to force him out ever, but he will want to leave just because of what's going on. Um, I don't know how soon that is. They can win a national championship next year. I don't know. But it's a very big hire to where you could be putting yourself 
ahead of that program in state if you're Auburn. I, I will say this. The best part about this entire thing, I don't know if you, if you saw this. I meant to text you last night, but it was like 1 a.m., and even I knew better after all the scotch I'd had. Did you see who also liked the tweets that, that, that Kiffin put out? No, I don't look at who likes tweets. Brian Harson. Oh, well. <laughs> what a dick. It's it's incredible theater, though. It's awesome. It's yeah. awesome. Well, as we know, Auburn is a 22-point underdog, and Marler, 22-point underdogs don't pull off upsets. It just doesn't happen in I the SEC. So All right, more with Chris Marler in just a second. Uh, this episode is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. Uh, These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Look, a lot of people are doing uh, holiday hiring right now for the Christmas holidays. They're looking to bring people on for the holidays to bring in extra help. Go to LinkedIn Jobs. You can add your job with the Purple Hiring Frame. they got simple tools like screening questions that make it easy for you to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Go post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is also brought to you by our friends over at the Tax Act Texas Bowl. It is Houston's biggest college football event and it's returning December 28th with the Tax Act Texas Bowl. You don't want to miss out on your chance to be a part of the passion, the pageantry, and the fun as the college football season draws to a close with the Big 12 taking on the SEC in a primetime showdown at NRG Stadium with conference bragging rights on the line. Tickets go on sale Sunday, December 4th at TaxActTexasBowl.com, but you can visit the website today and join the priority wait list now to get your first chance to buy tickets and exclusive discounts. TaxActTexasBowl.com. Look, we don't know who's going to be in it. It could be Arkansas. It could be Mississippi State. It could be could be anybody from the SEC. But thinking of some of the matchups, Kentucky-Baylor, wouldn't that be sexy? Arkansas-Kansas State. It could be any of these matchups. We'll find out in the coming weeks who it is going to be. But go join that uh, priority wait list right now if you're a fan of an SEC team that might be playing in the TaxActTexas Bowl. They got tailgating, live music, Great food, drinks, and the spirit and energy that make college football so much fun. It'll be on full display for a fantastic night of college football. That's December 28th in prime time at NRG Stadium. I was there last year. It was so much fun tailgating all day long. TaxActTexasBowl.com. For all the details, sign up for the priority wait list. That's TaxActTexasBowl.com. All right, jumping back into it with our buddy Chris Marler from the College Football Uncensored podcast. And Marler, as we start to look at this week, we got to start with the Egg Bowl. We kind of danced around it, but Thursday night, 6 p.m. Central, while we're all recovering from turkey comas, stuffing comas, mashed potatoes, whatever it is, Mississippi State versus Ole Miss. The Rebs still about a two-and-a-half-point favorite in Oxford at Vaughn Hemingway Stadium. Man, if Lane is distracted and everything like we've said, it feels like we got to load up on Will Rogers and Mike Leach, right? It does, but it doesn't. And and like like here's here's what scares me about this, okay? One, the fact that like that was such a massive massive uh like I mean it was for again, it was 42 to 6. It was 40 
two to six. Um, that that is so so many points to have given up, and they were favored in that game too. And it felt like Vegas knew something. I think this is like a ten point favorite if you're if you're if all things are normal here. I just have a hard time thinking egg, the Egg Bowl matters no matter what. I don't care who is coaching at at Ole Miss. I, I think Kiffin is a big enough dickhead to to like want to win on his way out and pretend that he's a good guy and like <laughs> like leave on a high note. I really do. I think like Kiffin is 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 really good at two things like gaslighting and offense. And I think that he is going to be a great great uh, probably you know not great head coach at at Auburn, but he'll be he'll be fine. And I I do think he'll be gone Friday, Thursday night though. I think he'll take it to to Mike Leach and Auburn, like or in, in Mike Leach, Mississippi State. I don't think they have enough they have enough defense to stop him. Mississippi State's offense has been bogged down a few times this season at LSU, yeah. at Kentucky, who's still got a pretty good defense. As we saw this past week against Georgia, at Alabama, yeah. and versus Georgia. Ole Miss's defense is not any of those teams' defenses. I no. think Will Rogers is going to eat. I think he's going to have five, four or five touchdown passes. Okay, here's the thing. I don't. I'm not. I'm not even saying you're wrong. Why does my finger look so weird? Um, but at the same time, you said you said one word in particular about three of those four, uh, three of those four games you just mentioned. Do you know what it was? No. At. Uh, okay. On the road, this has been a different team for Mississippi State, and I, I just don't know. I mean, the game matters, and you're in such prime prime shape to go in here and and make something happen. We're also only two years away from the most glorious egg bowl in the history of egg bowls. And it was the best. I, I just honestly like, here's the, here's the thing. Take your nap, get your, your, your nature's roofie, get, get some tryptophan in your system, take a nap after, after supper, whatever you want to call it. And then at around eight 30, nine o'clock, wake back up, you know, halfway through the second quarter or whatever it's on, it's on ESPN. So it probably won't be as bad as CBS, but wake back up halfway through the second quarter, get yourself a pecan pie, put it on your stomach, and like it'll be elevated to a perfect eating position, and then just sit there and enjoy the rest of this game. Because the Egg Bowl, is it doesn't miss. It's consistently one of the best robbery games in the country. Yeah, Patriots-Vikings is the NFL game that night. There's not. Yeah. I mean, unless you really love Mac Jones, you're not going to be watching that one. And if no. Quinchon Judkins will fake pee on a touchdown celebration like he's peeing on a fire hydrant, I will absolutely lose it. So I hope Lane Kiffin what if what if they lose because Lane Kiffin <laughs> fake pees in the end zone just to like just to just to end the entire thing. Like and by the way, like I hope I hope Lane Kiffin fires off like a a Joe Moorhead touch. You're just gonna take a blah 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 to get my Yankee ass out of here and then leaves like the following day. Because he's gonna leave. We'll see. We'll see. It's it's 50-50 right now, according to a lot of our polling. Uh, let's get into the two games on Friday, 2.30 CBS. Uh, it is Arkansas, 6-5 and five Arkansas at 5-6 and six Mizzou. Arkansas just got bowl eligible. A week ago, Mizzou trying to get bowl eligible. Mm-hmm. Arkansas only a three-point favorite. This one is in Como. Um, Brady Cook's played pretty well the past couple weeks. Uh, Mizzou's defense overall this year, I think, has been a little bit better than, than people expected, albeit that debacle against Tennessee a couple weeks ago. But I, I keep going back and forth on this one. I like what Arkansas did last week. They look much better cohesively with K.J. Jefferson at quarterback. But, I, I mean, I think Mizzou is going to be fighting with everything they got to try to get to a bowl game. Yeah, and Eli Drinkwitz, like, we, we, we've joked about this program a lot. I think like they're like kind of the butt of the jokes always in the SEC. Like they don't belong. Um, this would be a very if, if if they get to a bowl game under the radar. This is a crazy good job from Eli Drinkwitz because you're you're in like a very competitive East. 
uh, and, and you've had like, you know, not the easiest stretch, I want to say, to get there. If they're able to pull this off, it'd be awesome. I will forever hate this game forever, forever, forever. I mean, for, like just to quote Outcast, forever, forever, ever? Yeah, forever, ever. Because the fact that this is not LSU Arkansas pisses me off so much. This is this is LSU Arkansas and always will be. I'm taking Arkansas to cover. I think it's probably the lock of the week, to be honest. I think Sam Pittman on the road in this kind of spot is a much better. Like, it's a trophy game. We saw how much the trophy games mattered to, to Arkansas last year. I think they're going to matter again. And they will beat uh, a Mizzou team that's got a good defense. And I would take the under as well. But I think Arkansas wins. Always a threat of snow in this game. Only 51 de- I mean, fifty-one degrees in Como. So it's going to be downright balmy for those two teams. So I, I would bet you anything. I would bet you anything that my parents own at this house. Because, you know, you know like, it's not going to matter much for me. But... I would I would bet you almost anything that it is at least overcast if it's not right oh, yeah. in this game. Yeah. Always something. It's, it's Black Friday. I mean, you're you're on Amazon yeah. buying a TV and you're watching Arkansas Mizzou in a uh, crap fest of a battle that'll probably you're sing- not gonna go out. No, no. <laughs> is there anything more depressing than seeing like a Best Buy at like 7 p.m. on Thanksgiving <laughs> Day that's like about to open? You're like, God. By the way, the, the lock of the week, this game's going to be 6-3 to three at halftime. Arkansas. I would get, like, whatever, the under could be 12, I would take it. I would oh, take it. In you're going to be like punching yourself like, this is painful, but you can't awful. turn it off. You can't turn it off. Awful football. All right, the night game on Friday. I like this. Prime time on ABC, 6.30 Central, 7.30 Eastern. It is 6-5 Florida at number 19 Florida State. FSU around a 9.5-point favorite at home. At Doe Campbell Stadium, what the hell happened with Billy Napier? Everybody was riding high. They dominated South Carolina two weeks ago, and then they go and lose to Vandy. What the hell? Now we were talking about this on the other on the other podcast, and I just shameless plug: you got to listen to the College Football Central podcast this week after you listen to Locked On SEC because this is the best SEC podcast out there. But we did a little drunk history about about like where each of these came from. You know, they used to play this game just for a bag of meth and jean shorts. <laughs> Just a, a pair of painter's jean shorts from 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 Old Navy with a pack of meth in the back, back right pocket. Um, and, and it was brought to my attention, Billy Napier low-key looks like he's like, if you told me that Billy Napier dealt Jimbo Fisher's son a, an eighth of oregano, I wouldn't I wouldn't think you were lying. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, he's, what, he's little of Little of a mechanic look too. Like he could be like, you know, yeah. comes out and goes, all right, it's gonna be eight seventy five for, uh, right. for the <laughs> he's always doing this with his hands. Yeah. He's got like because the shaved head, it looks good. He's a good looking dude, but at the same time, I also I don't know why I keep doing this with my hands, like I'm hugging you through the screen. Yeah, exactly. He's got that high top fade. I love it. Um, no, I, I think Florida is a their their entire offense is explosive plays. Florida State is one of the best teams in the country at, at, at limiting. Um, explosive plays, according to my podcast partner, who's also a diehard Florida State fan, so that could be a complete made-up lie. I don't know. Um, at the same time, I think Florida State at home. This is like, like not to not to hate on you because you're you're one of my favorite people, but also LSU fans in general. They keep looking back at this Florida State game. It's like you know if we would have made that extra point or we went for two, it's like this foregone conclusion they would have won that game. At some point, you kind of got to give Florida State some credit here and look at the fact that they've they've like had a really good season. They're eight and three. You win this game, and you're you're almost a double digit favorite at home. It's like, I don't think they cover. I do think they win outright. But you're talking about nine and three going into a bowl game, probably a New Year's Day bowl game, or maybe the Gator Bowl. I don't know. 
And then and you have a chance to 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 win ten games at Florida State, which has not been something that's happened in I feel like in quite some time. So I, I I think it's a great opportunity. I think it's a great opportunity for Mike Norvell. I think they take advantage of it at home. I think they win, and I think Florida keeps it close, but I think Florida State wins. By the way, I had an odds maker tell me if Florida and LSU replayed that game right now in a neutral field, LSU would be about a touchdown favorite. So yeah, just kind of interesting. I mean, LSU was a very different team back in the start yeah. of the season than they are now. All right, more, more with Chris Marler in just a second. We'll run through the six games happening on Saturday throughout the SEC. But first, want to remind you about our friends over at BetOnline.net. They are your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every pro and amateur league out there from football to basketball soccer esports they've got you covered at betonline.net they even have sports podcasts up there as well they're always the fastest and easiest way for you to get you to get in on your betting fix it's the last weekend of college football this is sad they're gonna have all the bowl games they'll have all that action for you going as well but this is the last weekend to get in on multiple games you lose on the early games you can make back your money in the evening go do it over at Bet Online, you can head to their website today. You can do so on your mobile device to learn more. It is Bet Online, BetOnline.net for all the information. It is Bet Online. It is where the game starts. All right, one more segment with our buddy Chris Marler from the College Football Uncensored podcast. And Marler, let's run through some of these. We got six games happening on Saturday. We'll start with a couple of early ones. Five and six Georgia Tech at number one Georgia in Athens. Georgia trying to finish off the undefeated uh, regular season. They are 35 and a half point favorites in this one. It is some. <laughs> I mean, nothing says clean old fashioned hate like being five touchdown favorites. All the Georgia lines are are so sick. It's disgusting trying to be like like it's like thirty five and a half. Isn't the under like forty eight? Forty nine, yeah. That is disgusting. That is a disgusting take. Uh that means like basically you're talking about a forty five to three. And I kind of think that's exactly what the score will be. It, like like <laughs> Georgia Tech's I don't know what their team total is. It can't be over seven. It, it, there's no way it is, and I don't think they'll they'd score over that anyway. Um I, listen. Georgia's the best team in the country. They're going to repeat as national champions. They might three-peat next year at this point, which is just crazy. Um, but as somebody that's grown up in Atlanta, I just want to give a shot. Like, Georgia fans, don't get mad at me. I give you guys praise all the time. It's so awesome to see what Brent Key has done. What they did to North Carolina last week, I love that. they got to give this dude a shot as, as the next head coach there. I know this is an SEC podcast, but I'm begging you as a, as a former SEC member – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on the soapbox here for Georgia Tech and and give Brent Key a shot at being the next head coach of Georgia Tech because there are very few people that could have done what he's done in this situation with him. He'll get boat raced this weekend, though. It's going to be bad. Shout out to Jeff Collins. You just follow me on Twitter. I don't know. I think he must listen to the pod. Good for him. Um, oh, sorry for all that, Jeff. 11 a.m. Central on ABC. It is uh, 7-4 and four South Carolina at 10-1 and one Clemson. Clemson around a 14.5-point favorite. I don't know, man. Prisoner of the moment. They just beat the crap out of Tennessee. I feel like Spencer Rattler's kind of rolling. I, I don't think they'll win, but I think I'm starting to buy into maybe South Carolina can cover this one. Not since Michael Phelps got out of that pool in the 2008 Olympics and beat France has the entire country been united as a sport as much as South Carolina was, or as, as we were last week when South Carolina beat Tennessee. It was amazing. I'm sorry to your Tennessee contingent. I'm really not because you guys are awful. Uh, but at the same time, it was beautiful to watch. Uh, will that happen again this week? No, absolutely not. 
No. Um, this is a ridiculous rivalry. It, it, like th- These two teams really, really hate each other. I think this game and maybe – I know people say the Iron Bowl and, and you talk about if you get outside of the SEC, the, the Michigan-Ohio uh, State game. But there's very few like southern rivalries where they hate each other as much as they do Clemson, South Carolina. Um, that being said, I'm taking Clemson to cover uh, and win this game. Like, like it'd be awesome if if South Carolina did. But I, I mean, do you see it happening? Nine of their eleven games this year, Clemson has scored at least thirty points. I don't. Really? It's hard for me to see if South Carolina can get to thirty. In this one, I know they just put yeah. it on Tennessee, but that's where I think the discrepancy will be. That's I think they can cover, but like a 31-17 type final, yeah, you know, maybe I'm, something like that. I'm going to force you to transition into a game that you might have saved at the very end if we're going in chronological order. But you just brought up the the 30 points. Can I? Can you guess how many times Texas A&M has scored 30 points this season against <laughs> FBS opponents? Oh, zero, right? Zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're terrible. Isn't that crazy? We'll, we'll get to that game in a second. Let me do the afternoon okay. game. 2 o'clock Central, 3 Eastern on the SEC Network. It's 7-4 Louisville against 6-5 and oh. five, Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky ran a field goal favorite. This one's at Kroger Field. Uh, we found out this week about Mark Stoops signing that contract extension. He's 0-2 since he signed that contract extension. We just found out about it. But he lost to Vandy in Georgia since. Now, they did go to put up a good fight, give them some credit. But, sure. man, if they lose to Louisville in this in this rivalry, they may, Mitch Barhart may be going, what did we just do? We just upped this man to $8 million a year, and he's 0-3 since he signed it? Eek. They will lose Louisville this weekend, wow. and, and it will get even worse. Do you know these, these two teams didn't play for 70 years in 1924 to 1994? Really? Which, at the time, if you really think about it, that's at the peak of these two programs, football-wise. Yeah, like can you imagine some of the the matchups we missed out on in those seventy years? Um, like I I hate to even think about that nineteen forty eight matchup. What, what that could have been? Um, <laughs> no, I th- I think that like this game, I, I I want Kentucky to win. You know, it's an SEC team. They're they're going up against a Louisville team that, like I will say this, Will Levis. This game, where's this game being played? Is it at Louisville or at Kentucky? It's at it's at Kroger Field. Okay, then I would take Kentucky. I would take them to cover because Will Levis. Final home game before he gets drafted number one overall as the greatest quarterback in the history of the draft, according to Mel Kuyper, even after his his appearance last week. He actually looked pretty good last week against Georgia. I will say that. I know he threw a pick in a timely in a timely uh, moment, but I will say he made a lot of throws in that game. I thought it looked good. Chris Chris Rodriguez, just don't turn the football over. I, they're going to have a hard time uh, stopping Louisville's offense, I think. But Louisville's been pretty good over the past couple weeks, too. This yeah, is going to be a good game. They've been such an up-and-down team. Like, they they lost to Boston College, who's terrible. But then they beat Wake, and they beat NC State a week ago. Like, yeah. what are you, Louisville? Like, we don't have no idea yeah. what they are, but... Uh, no, was, was it at Boston College? It shouldn't matter at all, but was it at Boston College? It was, but they're terrible. You should yeah. never lose there. That's that's no. That's got awful. But, uh, no, I'm with you. I mean, I think this is a close one, but I think, I think Kentucky, last home game... Will Levis, Chris Rodriguez, I think they win. And by the way, those rece- those young freshman receivers for Kentucky really coming on. Like if they yeah. all stay, uh, is it Shia, whatever the the, the backup the is there? No, <laughs> the backup yeah. to Will Levis, uh, Kaya Sharon, whatever his name is, I think he'll be fine. Next he was on Ruben Stevens, something like that. He was in holes. Uh, night game, six thirty <laughs> Central, seven thirty Eastern on SEC Network. It is number five Tennessee at five and six Vandy. Dude, a week ago, we would have laughed at this game. 
Vandy's got a chance. Joe Milton and not Hendon Hooker a quarterback. Vandy is Clark Lee has got this team playing hard, and he said something this past week. He said, we're going to look back at that Florida win and say that was the turning point in Vandy football history. Like, he's got me believing. Like, I don't know if they're going to pull off the upset, but Tennessee, you know, minus 14. I like Vandy plus the points right now. I saw it at 14 and a half. I would possibly take that. Now, here's the thing. You brought up you brought up Hinden Hooker and you brought up Joe Milton. You didn't bring up Mike Wright once. Not only is he a fantastic interview at Media Days, but Mike Wright has been fantastic in this office. That game was never like like Florida wasn't leading in that game, I don't think. Yeah, no, like, they, I mean, like Vandy pulled away they and then they had him. one of the most structurally sound and 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 orderly fashioned storming of the field in the history of football. And it was awesome to watch. It was awesome to watch people actually know what to do in a fire drill. I'll say it. Because usually <laughs> we panic and we don't know what to do. And we're, we're screaming and hollering. And they were just like, you know what? We we practiced for this. We're fine. <laughs> um, no, it was awesome. Also, the fact that, that Greg Sankey and them uh, fined them $250,000 for their <laughs> third, their third offense. When were the other two? Had to be under James Franklin, right? Like it had to be in 1948, that same year when Louisville, Kentucky played that classic. We don't we don't talk enough about the winner. Oh, the winner won a uh, bourbon uh, barrel. Uh, what do you call it? The, yeah, a place where you where you distill distillery bourbon distillery. Yeah, actually, the winner got to own Cracker Barrel. I mean, it, was, <laughs> it was the inception of that entire thing, and you get to you get to run the store. No, I, I think I think that Tennessee wins. I think they win big. To be honest, I hate to say that. Um, no offense, Tennessee fans. I think that everyone in the country, after what you saw last week at South Carolina, everyone's pulling for Vandy, and you know that. Um, still a great season for Tennessee. I think Joe Milton is better than people give him credit for because, like, the most Joe Milton we've seen is, is last week in, in stop it or not stop it time. Well, we watched the World Cup, um, but in garbage time after Hinton Hooker was injured, and also what we saw last year. I think he's a little bit more accurate than than we probably give him credit for, even though it's still got some issues. Um, now he could throw the football like we joke around about Uncle St- or Uncle Rico, but he could literally throw the football out of that stadium. It's a very small stadium. He, he's shown a little more touch this year than he did a, a year ago, so I'll give him that. Yeah. And look, this is, might be a blessing in disguise for Tennessee. It sucks to lose Hendon Hooker and wish him the best, mm-hmm. but this gives Joe Milton some real game experience yeah. to show what he can do and set the foundation for next year. Because if he looks good, guess what? Tennessee's going to be a preseason top 10 team next year because they're going to be buying into Heupel, and then they're going to go, oh, well, Milton's back. You know, Milton looked good. Yeah, Tennessee is preseason top 10 next year. So that'll really help them. All right, two more games to get into. Let's get into it is number six LSU at four and seven Texas A&M. The Tigers ran a 10-point road favorite. This has (laughs) been, I mean, this has been a very one-sided rivalry. Since they've come over, I think LSU's won eight of 10 against AM in in the SEC, but I think the last two at College Station have not gone LSU's way. They had the seven-overtime loss and then the one where Kellen Mond beat them in the rain two years ago. Uh, it sounds like a and going to get healthy. There's a chance they're going to get Devon Shane back, Evan Stewart back. So, I mean, look, we can lie, but, like, this might be – this is a and Super Bowl. They're not going to a bowl game. This is it. They're all in on this, and the fans, from what I'm hearing, are fired up. Like, they're going to come out and show out, unlike that weird – Empty stadium against UMass a week ago. They're fired up for this one. They scored 20 points against UMass, and they fired a cannon into a kid's face. I don't know if you saw that video. Yeah, wasn't great. They were praying. Very weird. <laughs> I, I know it was very – I mean, like, what, why? why? I mean, like, anyway. Um, 
Sure, Gordy, sure. This is, like, I love you to death. If you think this is a Super Bowl for anybody, this is the worst. <laughs> uh, this is the worst. Here's the thing. A&M, A&M's going to go into this game, and they're going to have the 123rd ranked, uh, what do you call it, um, rush defense in the country. Now, what does that mean? Yeah, <laughs> that's an appropriate response. Um, that is an appro- appropriate facial expression. So I, I think I think Daniels has a field day with this. I think Jaden Downs has a field day with this. I think that like everything everything you want, like because because in a very different way, like George is going to go into the game against Georgia Tech with like, all right, we don't want to show a bunch of stuff. We still have the playoffs. We still have you know like the game against LSU in, in Atlanta. Let's not show everything we have, right? If you're LSU, it is let's get as much confidence as we can. Put up effing 50 points. You're welcome. I stopped myself. Um, put up 50 points. Like put beat these people by 30. This is this is the same team that cheated you out of a victory in 2018 and then printed cups about it. Like screw AM. Make them go four and eight. <laughs> like nobody likes AM, especially with Jimbo Fisher there at the helm. Go ahead and run this up. And then go into Atlanta with some confidence, and like in you know, and and yet another big win that people probably didn't think that were was going to be there early in the season, especially in the preseason for LSU. Um, so I, I think they win. I think they cover the spread. I think it's not even close, man. I, I think, I think you come out in this game. I think this is LSU Super Bowl. I, I think that you go out into this game and you prove a point. Yeah, and UAB last week against LSU, everybody kind of looked at as at UAB, whatever. UAB had a top five rushing attack. Yep. And LSU shut it down. Uh, Harold Perkins, again, didn't have, like, eye-popping stats game, but oh he was everywhere tackling like crazy, and uh, I think they're going to come ready to play. They know what's on the line. Now, for A&M, you can try to play spoiler, and LSU, yeah. an outside chance at the playoffs still, if they beat Georgia, you give them yeah. a loss here, they're they're out, no matter what happens in the SEC title game. So, we'll see. It's a rivalry, but it's been a one-sided rivalry. I think LSU wins and wins big. And lastly, me, go hold ahead. on real quick. Let me ask you a question, just just real quick. How many, how many sacks allowed, or how many sacks do you think that Harold Perkins can get in this game? Because I watched, I watched that Auburn A and M game from the field, and Connor Wegman was running for his life the entire. He had thirteen straight incompletions. How, like, I think you're talking about like, like Derek Thomas level sack, sacks yeah, the, here. The it, weird, <laughs> the weird thing is, these last two great recruiting classes from the Aggies, they had a bunch of O linemen in it. Like, where are those guys? What are no they idea. doing? Because this O line sucks. Not quarterback. And Jimbo needs to be on that transfer portal talking NIL with all the best O-linemen in the country going, you need to come to College Station. Uh, I'm with you. I think Perkins, I'll put the over-under at one and a half. I think he gets to two sacks at least this week. Uh, Force fumbles as well. Lastly, it is the Iron Bowl Marler Marler 230 Central on CBS. It is 5-6 Auburn at 9-2 Bama. Bama around a 22-point favorite. What I don't like is I heard earlier this week from Bryce Young and Will Anderson both kind of saying, you know, the media was like, oh, this might be your last game at, at Bryant-Denny Stadium. They were both like, well, we haven't made any decisions yet. Stop. Say it's your last game. We get it. Y'all are both going to be top five picks in the draft. Come out. Let's celebrate your yeah. careers, and let's put everything on full display. We don't have to dance around it. I completely agree. Completely agree. And, and, and I get the coach speak and all that kind of stuff, but for real – let them come out with the seniors. Let them come out. They, those two, those two players mean more to this program than than a lot of people that have come through there that have won national championships. And I, I know they've won national championships, like each of them in their freshman year. Even though Bryce was on a starter, um, hate to see their careers come to an end. It is definitely the end of their career. I, I, I don't think, I don't even think Saban would let them come back. Like, like I think, like what what he should do with Bill O'Brien, which is lock the doors as soon as they leave. 
Like I think he would actually do with Will Anderson and, and Bryce Young. Um, I don't think Bama covers. They've not done well in twenty point favorite games. You saw it with Texas. You saw it last year, or you saw it last year and this year with A and M. Uh, saw it last year with Auburn. Um, and I know a lot of those games are on the road. They're in Bryant Denny. Uh, the fact that this whole narrative has become like, what if Cadillac wins? Like, you know, is Auburn going to be the only team that cares about it? I think you're going to come out and see inspired football early. You have a chance to end the season by beating your rival into submission and making them feel like they never want to step on that field again. And, and like, I hope they do it. I just, I really either beat them by 50 or rip their hearts out. I said it on Twitter earlier today, and I hope it's exactly what happens um, as a diehard Bama fan and, and all that kind of stuff. I've, I've had a great, I had a great time at Auburn two weeks ago. It's a fantastic university. Lock the gates, run it up. And go out into the Capital One Bowl and, and just and end the season on a positive note. But this is make no mistake about it. This is the last time that Bryce Young and Will Anderson will ever put on that jersey with shoulder pads and go into a game for Alabama again. So I hope they win. I hope they win big. Okay, but hear me out. If you're Bama, doesn't Lane as a head coach scare you a little bit more than Cadillac? Like give like take one for the team, lose this game. Make Auburn hire Cadillac, and Bama can dominate for the next handful of years in this rivalry. No matter what happens with Cadillac, listen. Here's the deal. I just I'm flat out. You you can tell me I'm wrong when it happens, and I'll be happy to be wrong. Friday afternoon, Lane Kiffin will announce that he's stepping down at Auburn. He will be the head coach at Auburn. Uh, I'm sorry, he's stepping down at Ole Miss, and he will be the head coach at Auburn. And then on Saturday, he will be on game day. He will be. He will be on. He, no, for real. He will be on game day. He will be on CBS. He will be talking about Auburn football. Everywhere they'll allow him. And then on Sunday, they will hit the ground running with recruiting and talking about this. But here's the other thing, too. If you're an Auburn fan, talking about how, like, Lane Kiffin, like, tell me Lane Kiffin's signature win as a coach. Because what you'll hear is he barely lost to Saban in 2010 as a head coach of Tennessee, barely lost to him, even though they lost by 15 in 2020, lost by, they, they could have won this year. Cool. They never, he's never beaten Saban. And if you think that that Nick Saban is going to lose to Lane Kiffin on the field, that's one thing. If you think he's going to lose to him on the recruiting on the recruiting trail or in the transfer portal, that's a whole other thing, man. That's never going to happen. That is never going to happen for as long as he's alive. If he loses in the transfer portal, it's only because he has more spots to open. I mean, Saban, yeah. Saban's taken what an average of four transfers in offseason. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's five this year, and, and yeah. I would I would count it as four because Jermaine Burton was one of them. So I mean, yeah, I think like that is the weird thing where you've you've brought up all this stuff with like not you personally. I'm saying in general they've brought up all this stuff with like Kiffin. Like Auburn fans are are, are genuinely like, how do we get Quinchon Jenkins? How do we get Ole Miss's roster? And and it's just it's a bizarre thing. I know we've gone super long. I just want to say one thing to you. It's it's Thanksgiving. Super thankful for you, buddy. And this has been the best. This has been the best doing this all season. Um, had a great time. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. And this is this has been great, man. You do the same, Marler. Appreciate you coming on with us, and uh, we'll uh, talk more college football very soon. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. All right, that's Chris Marler at Vern Funquist on Twitter and the College Football Uncensored Podcast. Thank you guys for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Now for your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Chris Gordon. This has been Locked On SEC. We'll talk to you guys later this week.